0: As recently as last offseason, a player in Armando Baycott or Caleb Love's position would not have thought twice about leaving school for the NBA. But now, it's a whole new ballgame. It's the wild, wild west, folks. What's going on? Why is the difference? I'm going to tell you. Plus, we're going to talk about Carolina's spring football game. All coming up on today's episode of Locked on Tar Heels. You are Locked On Tar Heels, your daily podcast on the UNC Tar Heels, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, it's Monday, April 11th, 2022. Welcome in to the Locked On Tar Heels podcast. Of the Locked On Podcast Network. I am your host, Isaac Shade. I'm a beat writer for North Carolina's All Tar Heels Sports Illustrated site, and it is great to be with you today as always. Please don't forget that we are free and available anywhere you find podcasts. And if you're watching on YouTube, we're obviously free there because you found your way here. While you're watching, go ahead and hit that like button, that'd be awesome. Hit the subscribe button if you have not already done so. And you guys, our video from last Thursday's show is up over 10,000 views. Last time I checked, it's about 12,000 views right now. It's insane. People are coming and diving into this, wanting to talk about all this great Carolina family and sports and everything else that's going on. It's so much fun. It's a blast. If if you're not in on it consistently, you're missing out. If your friends and family and Tar Heel cohorts aren't, aren't doing this. They're missing out too. bring them. Let's all be part of this together. There is some kind of thunderstorm going on out and around me. You probably can't hear it, but it is bonkers, April crazy, and it's happening. So here's what we're going to do today. Starting essentially today and throughout this week, what I want to do is take a more in-depth look at the remaining four members of the iron five that have eligibility left. Last week, we looked at just very briefly what I my projection for essentially every player on Carolina's roster that contributed this year, what they will do, whether they'll declare for the draft, whether they'll stay in school, or whether they might transfer. And so what I want to do this week, as I said, is look at those top four that can come back. Obviously, Brady Manix eligibility is gone, but RJ Davis, Caleb Love, Armando Baycott, and even Leaky Black have eligibility left. And so that's what we're going to do. And today we're going to start with Mr. Dub Dub himself, none other than Armando Baycott. And I just want to talk about his season, what I think he's going to do. I'm not going to mince words. I legitimately think Armando Baycott is coming back for his senior year to North Carolina. That's right. I'm insane. Not so fast. Au contraire, mon frere. Let me tell you why I think this was happening. If this is 1995, and it's a different NBA? Absolutely. Baycott is gone. He's out the door. He's in a starting lineup in a year or two in the NBA, but that is not the NBA game this any longer. It is now 2022, and Baycott's skill set is not what the NBA uh, desires or values anymore. In fact, now his skill set essentially, and size and and athleticism translates as a late second rounder or even undrafted. And so uh, it's really hard to know. In fact, looking at mock drafts um, on all sorts of various sites and, and from different people and talking to folks, like that is where he's falling. I've seen him as high as like 44, 45, maybe 40, and as low as undrafted. And so Just sheerly based off of that, I I would think Baycott should come back to school. Now, in recent years, even players in that similar position have opted to leave and not come back. It it used to be if you had that first round guaranteed money, you're gone. Yeah, absolutely, that makes sense. But in recent years, it's expanded to if I'm in the second round, I'm gone. I can get G League money. I can get two-way money. I can get money playing in a different professional league, whatever. Whatever. And so, yeah, maybe that's the case and maybe he does. But times are changing a little bit and we're gonna talk more about that in a second. But first, let me lay out some other reasons I think Baycott might come back. I have heard that scouts, I've heard many scouts say, rebounding is one of the single best indicators of something that will translate to the NBA. My friend, Mr. Armando, you have that in spades. But outside of that, what what of Armando's skill sets translate immediately? I'm not so sure they're there yet. But the, the rebounding, that is a big feather in his cap. Also, you can't teach 6'10", and he is that. He has some very legitimate, this is Armando Baycott we're talking about, has some very legitimate personal and team goals ahead of him that he could quite easily, not easily, but very readily achieve with one more year in Chapel Hill. Some of the personal things. Obviously, this year he was not the ACC Player of the Year. Lost out barely to Alondis Williams of Wake Forest. Many people believe he should have been, but other logical, rational people voted for Alondis Williams, and that that's fair and legit. But if Baycott comes back next year, it's almost guaranteed he's the ACC Preseason Player of the Year Maybe depending on what other Tar Heels come back, I guess. But he's probably your ACC Preseason Player of the Year. He probably makes some preseason All-American teams. He's got a very good shot at winning ACC Player of the Year if he has another year like he did this year. Even if it's like the 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 history of of performing so well over a couple years. While you're not supposed to take those things into account, voters do. It's highly likely that he would become Carolina's all-time leading rebounder, besting Tyler Hansbrough. He just needs 200-some rebounds to beat that, and he had 511 this year. Yeah, that's happening. He could become just the seventh Tar Heel ever to record 2,000 points. What? Yes, absolutely. He could get to that. Uh, He could continue to rise up the Carolina career double-double rankings. He could come back and and set... Remember this year, he set Carolina and ACC single-season records and tied the NCAA single-season record. He could come back and beat that next year. That is a very legit thing. And it's not like anyone's coming in to, to start taking his rebounds away. Like He's going to have those all available to him again. And here's the big personal one, though. When you come to Carolina... You want your name in the rafters. You want to look up and see your jersey, number five, hanging in the roof with Baycott on the back. Whether that's in the front row or back row remains to be seen, but Baycott wants to see that happen. Some team things, they were so stinking close. And how do you get that close and get a taste and not want to come back for more? That's what propelled the 2016 team into turning into what turned into the 2017 national champions, obviously minus Marcus Page and minus Bryce Johnson, unfortunately. And for those of you who are younger, you might not remember, but the same thing happened in 81 and 82. Carolina Carolina lost in the national championship to Indiana in 81 and then came back in 82. And that's the Michael Jordan shot for Coach Dean Smith's first NCAA championship. That taste doesn't leave your mouth, particularly how he personally went out going down with that bum ankle he makes that shot, maybe defends McCormick on the other end, and Carolina's your 22 national champions, not Kansas, maybe. So there's all of that at play. And again, Armando has developed so much. Um, he still hasn't shown an ability to consistently step out and hit mid-range midrange or, or on out to the three-point line. And while he is mostly fully formed as a basketball player right now, there is certainly still room for growth for him that he could work on during this offseason and make things happen. Now, keep in mind, a player can now go through the NBA draft process twice and come back to school without, without staying in the draft. He, he declared last year, got some information and feedback, and can do so again this year. So I wouldn't be surprised if we see Baycott declare for the draft, but then ultimately pull out and come back. And here's the deal. All of these reasons that I've laid out are good. And I think reasons in a normal season that that we've typically known in college basketball to say, yeah, I could see this player coming back. I could, I could see him leaving, but I think these are all good and valid reasons for him to want to come back and finish out his senior year. But it's a new era boys and girls. And despite all these reasons I've laid out, there's one, chief reason why a college basketball player might want to come back to school now. What is it? I'm going to talk about it in just a minute, but first I want to tell you more about Bilt Bar. Bilt Bars are great candy bar replacement options covered in 100% real chocolate. Some of the great flavors include mint brownie, brownie batter puffs, and new all supplies last is caramel almond delight. That sounds awesome. These are all delicious new flavors are coming out all the time from built bar and and listen I don't know how they do this But they make it taste great and then they go back and make it healthy and it it always works out somehow Some way so you go check it out for yourself go to built.com scroll down to the macros chart Look at all of it. high in protein low in calories high fiber low carbs listen to some of the numbers Just 130 calories, only four grams of sugar, just four net carbs, and yet 17 grams of protein. That's incredible. Compare it to a normal candy bar. 240 calories, 30 grams of sugar, and dozens of net carbs. That doesn't even come close to matching up to what Built Bar is doing. So here's what I'll ask you to do. Go to built.com. And enter code LOCKED15, and you're going to get 15% off your next order. Again, that's promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off your next order at built.com. So, uh, I hinted at, at something just a moment ago that is completely changing the game, completely changing the landscape, and it's name, image, and likeness. Name, image, and likeness evens the playing field in a lot of ways with what professional ranks can offer that NCAA hasn't been able to for a long time because of their amateurism model. But now that NIL, name, image, and likeness, we'll just call it NIL for short, now that it's entered into legislation and it's part of what the NCAA has very begrudgingly had to wrap their brains around, thanks to all the states that voted it into law, there's, there's a whole new playing field, a whole new reason for students, student-athletes to stay in school now. And yes, all those things I just mentioned about Armando Baycott, those are still legit too. But money talks, y'all. And a lot of money talks a lot. And that's the kind of thing that Armando Baycott is looking like. He's going to continue to drag in like he did this season. And, and here's the thing. This is the first full off season of NIL. We don't truly know what's going to happen. I'm very anxious to see. There's several players similar to Baycott who um, stand to make a ton of money playing college basketball if they stay, if they come back. Not that they couldn't make money in, in the NBA or other professional leagues or, or the G League or something but there's a couple other reasons, and and I want to unpack some of that. Uh, These fringe players, they've all been going lately, and I just don't think they're going to anymore. Legitimately, players who would have previously likely left are now going to stay. Why? It's not just the money, it's the money and. If you play at the University of North Carolina, literally every game you play is televised in some format more often than not for a national audience, either on ESPN, a major network, or one of ESPN's affiliates, ACC network, whatever it may be. If you decide to leave and you don't get a guaranteed contract in the NBA or wherever, I'm not gonna know who you are. You're gonna get stashed in the G League somewhere and nobody's ever gonna see you. But if you're staying in college, and just continuing to build your brand and your image and your life, all all of this that you can benefit from right now in monstrous ways. And right now it's not capped. It's still the Wild West. <clears throat> because the NCAA took so long to figure out what they wanted to do or even that they were going to allow this, they didn't have a good system in place. And so student-athletes can do whatever they want under the guidelines, obviously, of their schools and what their schools will allow. And so now a player like Armando Baycott or Gonzaga's Drew Timmy, who I think is also gonna come back, will likely stay in school rather than leave. NCAA, you screwed this one up like you have so many other things. I just don't get it. It's, it would have been so good for your brand, NCAA, to, to <clears throat> get out ahead of this because it's going to keep top shelf NCAA talents in the college game rather than moving on. But you clung so desperately to this amateurism model that isn't a thing anymore. It just can't be, it's not going to be. So why try to fight it? Instead, allow your players to make money off their likeness instead of you benefiting and the universities benefiting and them not getting a dime. Instead, wrap your arms around this NIL thing and keep your best players around. That seems like a no-brainer to me, and I just don't get why you were so unwilling to do that. Now, are players still going to leave? 100% There, There are going to be players that, that look at these opportunities and still say, hey, maybe I can't make that money. Maybe I want to bet on myself and think I can do something better elsewhere. So there are going to be players that still leave. But will more players stay than had been recently? 100%. I can guarantee you that. I mean, we're going to have to wait and see what the numbers are, but I'm really curious to talk to players and say, hey, how big a factor was NIL in you deciding to come back? I don't think Baycott's the only Tar Heel in that same position, and I'm tipping my hand of what's to come this week as we talk about this. So my projection is that Baycott becomes the f- part of this first class of fringe draftees that ultimately decide, hey, I can make more playing in Chapel Hill than I could in the league. I want to give you an example of of how I think this could have been utilized, and to some extent was, a couple years ago. And forgive me, I beg you, but I'm going to use the example of a Duke player. I know, I know, I'm disappointed in myself, but it's a phenomenal example of what we're talking about. <clears throat> and it's Zion Williamson. Remember with me, if you will, that Zion came into college as the third-ranked player Not in the not in the class, on his own recruiting class with Duke. RJ Barrett and Cam Reddish were both ranked above him, as were a couple other players, but not only was Zion not number one nationally, he wasn't even the he was number three on his own team in terms of freshmen coming in. If he chooses to go with G-League Ignite or overtime elite or something like that, he's stashed away for a year. Nobody knows his name. I mean, some people are going to... But you you hear me. The broader national audience is not going to know his name and see his exploits the way they did because he chose to go to a major Division I American college and play his college basketball one season there. And in so doing, he turned into the overwhelming, obvious, number one draft pick that season. And I haven't run any kind of numbers on it, but in so doing, he made himself tens if not hundreds of millions of dollars over the course of his career if he can stay healthy and unfat because of choosing to go to college. Now, can you imagine all the more so if NIL had already been in place? He would have been making bank. And so not only is NIL good financially, just going to college, this enticement to go to college and get paid is huge for these student athletes because of the notoriety they can achieve in America because you know what a big brand college basketball is in America. Yes, it falls behind college football, but when we get to March Madness, that's it, baby. That's all and that's what's going on. So NIL isn't just good for enticing students to stay in school. It's good for enticing students to come to school. And I know that's getting off of the Baycott train, but just right now, I'm just specifically wanting to talk about NIL and how important it is. For example, this year in the 2022 NBA draft class, just to give you an example of what I'm talking about with these student-athletes being no-names. There's a kid named Dyson Daniels, projected lottery pick coming out of the G League Ignite team. Literally never heard his name. I'm sure I did at some point in the recruiting cycles. But I don't know him. Would that have been Zion Williamson? Would that have been Armando Baycott if they had chosen to take that route? Probably so. And I know we know some of these names and and we're going to hear them more as we get close to the draft. But all this to say, because Chet Holmgren went to college, because Jabari Smith went to college, we all know who they are. We saw Auburn play under the brightest lights all year. We saw Gonzaga do the same. And so we know who Holmgren is. We know who Smith is. They went to college, which is this huge entity. So hear me say, when when we're talking NIL, I think this is a hugely great opportunity for the longevity of our wonderful college basketball game. I think this sport is incredible, and it's awesome, and I want more people to see it, and I want our best talents to stay in it. And I think they will start to do that more now. The problem is we got to figure out how to legislate it. We need a a figurehead, a spokesperson, to, to spearhead all the efforts to to allow college basketball to figure itself out. What does NIL do for this? And and to usher the sport into its next era? I don't know who that person is. (laughs) I'd throw my own hat in the ring, I'd love to do it, but whatever, you know, like somebody has to take this bull by the horns and make it happen. Because part of this is that we have to continue to protect these student athletes. Uh, Even though they're allowed to be paid now, they're still going to be taken advantage of and we just can't allow that to happen. So, here's what I want to do. I want to watch it all unfold this season. Who decides to come back that otherwise might not have because now they can rake in a crud ton of money as a college student playing basketball at an American D1 college? It's a new era. It's a great time. But we still don't know what's going to fully happen yet. And it's something fun that we're going to get to watch unpack itself over the course of this offseason. How does NIL play into student-athletes' decision-making about coming back or turning pro? We'll find out. Well, on Saturday, Carolina had their spring football game. We got a quarterback controversy. Did one of the student-athletes, did Mr. Chriswell or Mr. May assert himself above the other? We're going to talk about it in just a second, but first let me tell you more about BetOnline. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting stats and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs. Today, uh, or excuse me, Sunday was the last day of the NBA regular season, and it's the start of the MLB season just last Thursday, so we're just a couple days into that. Bet online is your continued source for all your sports wagering info, from live betting to playoffs, eSports, and more. So head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and action. online where the game starts well on saturday right there in keenan stadium where the tar heels always play was the ty lee strong spring football game who who is ty lee and why are we wanting to uh, name a game in this person's honor well ty lee Kraft is a junior wide receiver for the tar heels who was recently diagnosed with a very rare form of cancer And so his teammates made the decision that they wanted to honor him by naming this year's spring football game hashtag Tylee Strong to just, you know, similar to what we've heard with like Boston Strong or other things like that, where when uh, someone or some town or whatever is going through a tough time, we just want them to know we're with them. And so what a neat honor for Tylee Craft. And uh, if if you are someone who prays or is thoughtful in that way, holy smokes, did you hear that thunder? Yikes! Uh, Then please lift him up in your prayers, or at least, you know, we're all humans. These are, these are young men and women that we get to watch play these sports. Be be thoughtful of that always. So um, what's also cool about Saturday is not only was Kraft recognized, but the the football team had several other um, young people with, with similar cancers come and be recognized and just cheered on. You know, I mean, when, when you're in a bad place, that's all you need sometimes is it doesn't heal you, it doesn't help you, but you just need you need to know that people are in your corner. And that's what the football team did. So thank you for that, Mac Brown and company. Okay, I just want to say four things. We always do our four corners preview of basketball games. And so we're going to do a four corners recap of this football game. As we get into that, let me just give you one reminder. I, I hope you had the opportunity to listen to our interview on Friday with Patrick. And Patrick is a former uh, Carolina football player. He was a long snapper in the earlier 2000s. And one of the biggest takeaways I had from our, our interview and conversation was his reminder to all of us to not put too much stock into anything that happens in this spring football practice for the players it's ultimate spring football game excuse me for the players it's ultimately just another spring practice it just so happens that fans are in the stands and ACC Network's there filming it and and letting us watch it in our homes and restaurants and everything like that and so just remember that as you try to parse apart every little thing that happened just don't just enjoy it for what it was and you got to see the Tar Heels play some football. So the first thing, this is the one we have to talk about, is the quarterback battle. Buckle up, folks. It's going to be a long ride. There's no resolution coming anytime soon. And I think a couple months ago, I would have said that I wouldn't want that to be the case, but I'm changing my mind on that, and I think it actually is a good thing. Why? Because when I hear these two young men talk, Drake May and Jacoby Criswell, what? What they're saying is how much they push one another and how much better that's making both of them. And so I was working under the assumption that I thought it would be better for Mac Brown to name a starter earlier rather than later so the team could rally around whoever that, whichever of the two it was. And and this is with all due respect to Connor Harrell, a true freshman. He's going to get his shot, but it's, it's between these two guys unless just something crazy happens with Harrell they're really pushing each other, and they're really making big plays. They're they're playing through minor injuries because they don't want to miss a snap. They don't want to miss an opportunity to show that they're the man. And so as they both just keep rising to the occasion and pushing each other forward, it's making the whole team better. It's making them better as individuals, and that's incredible. Here's their numbers for yesterday. Just even in this, you see how they're just... N- neck and neck with one another. Chriswell 6 for 6, 104 yards, one touchdown Two, you guessed it, Josh Downs. What about Drake May? 9 for 12, 113 yards, one touchdown Two, you guessed it, 38-yard dime to Josh Downs. I mean, it was just a nice little RPO. It was hilarious. Coach Brown was, was on the field at the time. He was being interviewed on ACC Network and so basically gave us the play-by-play of what's happening said oh there's a nice RPO and a touchdown you love to have Josh Downs he's one of the best in the nation it was it was hilarious go back and watch it if you didn't see it but post game coach Brown talked about the similarities between Chriswell and May and how they bring such a similar skill set to Carolina and again that's another good thing I think because regardless of of which quarterback you ultimately decide upon you don't have to make big sweeping changes or if whoever that is gets hurt you don't have to make big sweeping changes you just plug and play a little bit and so here was my biggest takeaway coach brown asked three questions and i can just see him starting to drill down a little bit on on even more specifics of what he wants he said this i want to know who's going to throw to the right guy One, two who's going to be the most accurate most of the time and three who's getting the ball out of their hands who's getting rid of it when they need to and they're supposed to so those are the three things i think we all need to be very closely watching if coach brown says something he means it so stick into that so ultimately it's not going to be till august till till we learn more more as as we go through preseason camp i think ultimately coach brown will decide on one of them i just I just don't think it's healthy for a team in this day and age to have two figureheads at quarterback. I could be proven wrong, and I've been an idiot and made bad calls before. So, you know what? Clip this out and go back and get it. But I think he's going to pick one of them before it's all said and done. But this competition is great for both of them. Number two thing. How about Josh Downs? Ho-hum, four receptions, 95 yards, two touchdowns. Now... I know I said don't put any stock into what happened on Saturday, but but here's what you can't take away. Josh Downs is going to Josh Downs, and that's exactly what Carolina needs. That's exactly what whichever of these young quarterbacks is under center needs, is to know they always have the security blanket in Josh Downs. But the question continues to be, who is number two? Who is number three? Who is number four? What does that look like? How do, how do Who helps Josh Downs? We have to know that answer, and I don't think we have it yet. Number three is the defense. Every Aside from the quarterback battle, everyone is very excited to see the defensive shift, the defensive scheme under Gene Chizik. What's it going to look like? Well, keep in mind, yes, we saw the simplicity of it on Saturday, but ultimately we're, we're not going to see much. They're not going to put anything on film for opponents to see in this type of scenario. They're just going out and making plays. And and the same will probably be true against Florida A&M on the first game of the season. It's going to be a while before you see it. But what you can see is speed. You can see relentlessness, and that is happening. Um, Des Evans had sacks, back-to-back plays. Uh, Cam Kelly led the defense with five tackles. And so you see some of your guys rising to the occasion, and, and that's what you need from your leaders. And, and that's a good thing. And then the final thing, this is just kind of a, a hilarious moment that happened, which is part of games like this. Once again, Coach Brown's on the field being interviewed, and it's towards the the very end of things. And Jake Harkle steps in, gets a pick, starts sprinting down the same sideline that Coach Brown is on. So he has to shimmy out of the way as quickly as he possibly can. And uh, you know what, Mr. Harkle Road, you are on thin ice. Why? Because you almost ran over your head coach. I'm just kidding. Uh, It was a hilarious moment. You should go back and check that out if you didn't get to see it. It was a fun day. Great to see the guys out there having fun. The biggest takeaways and the thing you want to happen is that the guys get out there and no major injuries. That's the takeaways you're going for and that's what you got. So. Great day to see some football just immediately one week after the Final Four. Last Saturday is the Final Four. This this Saturday is the spring football game. It's fun. The, the sports never stop. All the other spring sports, we're having fun watching that. Baseball, long game on Sunday. There was a whole situation there. Yikes, go check that out. And so that brings us to the end of today's show. That is it for this episode of Locked on Tar Heels. As always, please go subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. And while you're there, would you take a moment to rate and review the show? Five stars, great comments, please do that. You can follow the show on Twitter, at Locked on Heels. We're building that up, getting that Twitter feed going. And you can always follow my personal account, at Isaac Shade. If you're watching on YouTube, it's right there below my ugly mug. You can see it. If you're listening, it's I-S-A-A-C-S-C-H-A-D-E. Coming up on tomorrow's show, the OG of Locked on Tar Heels host, Candice Cooper, is going to join me. She has some information for us, and I frankly can't wait to hear it. Uh, Today we talked about Armando Baycott, tomorrow we're talking about Caleb Love and where he's at and what we think he should do. Later this week, UNC wrestler Keyshawn Clark, who was the national runner-up, came in second place just like the Tar Heels basketball team. We sat down last week for an interview and this dude is awesome. He's a grad student and going through law school while he's wrestling. Unreal story, can't wait for you to hear it. So thanks so much for making Locked on Tar Heels your first listen every single day. And today, now, let me encourage you to make NFL Draft Locked On your second listen of the day. Ryan Tracy and former NFL cornerback Eric Crocker bring the NFL Draft to life every day with insight and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available anywhere you get your podcasts. Hey, thanks for starting your week with me. It's Monday. So good to dive back in after a weekend apart. Uh, I hope it's been a good day for you. I'd love to hear what you think about our Mondo Baycott. Is he coming back? Or is he not? What do you think? Tell me. Love to hear it. Most of all, I want to remind you, whatever happens, it's always a great day to be a Tar Heel. Until tomorrow. Peace.